good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. They are. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we just want to give a big birthday shout out to Tuninihana's one of one CEO, Brooke LaFlo, Hochiniwa, Homp Kepeske. Happy 30th birthday, Brooke. We really appreciate all that you do, and we're looking forward to the Basketball Expo coming up here on Indigenous Peoples Weekend. Right on. Hey, happy birthday, uh, Brooke. And, uh, Hopefully we'll have her on before uh, indigenous uh, the indigenous basketball games and uh, all the people sure. great people are working and I just got to give a quick shout out to Native Ritz Radio we're one of the sponsors so uh, congratulations to us oh Yay. <laughs> <laughs> hey it's Friday and it's Mary Kunish Day State Senator Mary Kunish uh, really good to have you on as always uh, welcome to Native Ritz Radio. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Matakiape. Oh. Hawa. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Good way to start the show. We're all saying hello to each other in our own language. Hey, Mary. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to have that uh, for a commercial or something or yeah. TikTok yeah. or something. Hey, uh, Monday, we had a, uh, a really important guest that uh, had something to do with that you were really involved with. And I know you were up there Monday, too. I wonder if you could talk to our audience and talk a little bit about uh, this uh, this action, and this action long overdue, right? Yep, 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 yep. We were um, up there. I joined um, the MMIR office, the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives Office from Minnesota up uh, in Bemidji, Minnesota on Monday. They um, organized a two-day search for um, a young woman, Nevea Kingbird, who has gone been missing now for two years. Um, she walked away from a party, um, ran over to another um, home, kind of got kicked out of there. And then that was the last anybody heard or saw her. And, um, you know, as we all know, this is a, a pandemic of missing and murdered Indigenous relatives across this nation. And it's been like that for hundreds of years since, you know, since uh, colonization began and those Europeans stepped step foot on our continent. And uh, this is just, you know, another example of how our relatives go missing. And um, oftentimes there's there are no clues, nobody knows or says they know anything. And we're just not sure of what has happened. And that is, you know, just so you can only imagine the emotional, psychological toll it takes on the family, the parents, the community. Um, Somebody out there probably very much knows, or maybe a couple of people know what happened to Nevea, um, but they haven't said a word. So uh, the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives Office uh, coordinated a, a search. There was an organization from Florida, the um, oh, I don't, the Shepherds, I think they're called. Anyways, oh, yeah. they, uh, hmm? yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, they they do searches all over the country on missing and murdered people, not mm -hmm. just indigenous people. And they brought a crew up, um, um, and I, I, 
a really big your pardon the young woman who has the cadaver dog from the dakotas she came over um there were community members there i i was in kind of like the headquarters room and people just kept coming in and as soon as there were a couple of people together they would do a training and then get them their their uh their vests and there's an app that you can download i i helped an older auntie do it on her phone i mean it was priceless to tell you the truth to help her mm. um, download this this app and then if they found anything they could immediately um send a, a message or a ping it so that they knew exactly where um, there were um, public safety and police officers from different states that came and joined us from Montana. I think there was wow. somebody from the Dakotas um, community. I mean, like the local sheriff and those guys, they were all there and it was incredible to see them in action. Um, Kate Weeks from um, Department of Justice, who wow. really got behind the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's Task Force, um, was out there for two days. Wow. Uh, I, I wasn't able to stay for those uh, for, you know, a full search. But, uh, you know, it was just an incredible mix of people that were were there to um, to work on this effort. Um, don't think that they found what they were looking for. But that doesn't mean we won't stop. Keep looking. Right, exactly. And and I know what was it, a hundred and fifty mile radius or a hundred and fifty acre? What which was it? I can't remember. It was acres, I believe. You know, this happened um, in October, and the weather was was really cold. And um, she she left when she the when she was last seen, she didn't have any shoes on, mm. and so they figured there is a certain radius that they would be able to find something in. And I believe it was 150 acres. Mm -hmm. And um, the area was populated, you know, with neighborhoods and stuff, but there's also um, fields. And, you know, at this time of year, the fields are high with the crops, lots of forest and brush and debris. And then there's swampland that um, also was intersected. And I know there's there were some bodies of water that they did um, – do a search in them, uh, and of course, had not found any of that. In that general area, what, hasn't there been other people missing in in uh, in the last five, ten years too? Yeah, there has been, um, and now you're you're really making me use my my memory. There was a young man that went missing um, about that time as well. Um, but you know, the Bemidji is sort of a interesting area. Right. Um, uh, and what is his name? It's a young man named Jeremy. Oh, I feel so bad. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but um, they have had um, other folks go missing. And, you know, one of the things that we're working on, not just creating this office, this permanent office, but also we created that reward fund um, that right. we're hoping will entice if we can offer rewards entice people to share whatever little bit of information that they might have when somebody goes missing or murdered and um it's just it's just really important that everybody comes together around this and and we start we start eliminating this the horror of um of missing people in our in our communities yes and i i think the other name where we're looking for too that's uh jeremy jordan Thank you, Jeremy Jordan. Yep. Right. Yep. And yeah. he's been missing um, almost as long as her. And, you know, hopefully they both are somewhere where we can, that they'll be able to reach out. But the sad thing is, is that, you know, the family and so often family members will say it's so unlike them not to stay in touch, even if they're, you know, having arguments with their parents or there's issues there's usually somebody that they um, stay really, really close with. But interesting enough, uh, Nevea and um, another uh, another young youth that were in that um, second home, when they left and they jumped out a window, um, uh, uh, they left their phones. And my question is, you know, 
kids don't just leave their phones anywhere. Those things are attached to the hip. Right. So there hasn't been any connection or communication with Nevaeh through her phone. Wow, that's interesting. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. And also, whatever uh, our our uh, State Senator Mary Kunish wants to talk about, but uh, really interesting and uh, so many so many things to talk about there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, somebody does know. Somebody mm-hmm. does know what's going on. So mm-hmm. that's really important to remember. We're, uh, we'll be right back. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. The Senior Linkage Line is a free statewide service of the Minnesota Board on Aging, helping older Minnesotans and caregivers find answers and connect to services and supports. Questions about Medicare, transportation, looking to move to senior housing, overwhelmed with prescription drug plans? Call the Senior Linkage Line at 800-333-2433 or visit trellisconnects.org where we help people optimize well-being as they age. That's trellisconnects.org. Seward Co-op is now offering convenient, self-serve, and prepackaged hot options and salad bars at both the Franklin and Friendship stores. Breakfast items available daily until 11 a.m. and brunch served all day every Sunday. Their weekly lunch and dinner menus highlight cuisines from around the world. They offer vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free options daily. 95% of the ingredients used are organic from small-scale, local community food producers whenever possible. More at seward.coop. And we're back to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by J.S. Bean Factory off Randolph Avenue in St. Paul, native-owned, bringing us the best coffee that keeps us awake. Such a good tagline, uh, Haley, there. I am awake, and that uh, Steve's blend really helps me stay awake here. And uh, I like to abuse caffeine, so I have to be careful. I was up all night yesterday, Haley, after you bought yeah. me that frappuccino. So The, uh, the venti frapp, yep. Exactly. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, uh, who we've known for a long time and then uh, comes in with her wisdom and updates of what's happening here in Minnesota and all around Turtle Island. And uh, we were kind of talking about the action that happened up up north and uh, some of the people, uh, some of the groups that were helping with that. Uh, it, we should uh, wrap that up, but I, I still feel like there's a few more things we should talk about. Yeah. Well, you did bring up the fact that there had been other people that went missing up in that area. And so uh, during our break, I went back and got the information uh, as a true librarian that I am. uh, And it was a young man, Jeremy Jourdain. He would now be uh, 24 years old. He Mm. disappeared in 2016 after leaving a relative's home on Halloween night. And um, so he's been missing, you know, since since uh, 2016. 
And then uh, there was another young man, Damon Boyd. He would be 38 years old at this time. He vanished two years earlier in 2014 from East Grand Forks. And that's just about 100 miles northwest of Bemidji. And so um, those are the three in that general area that, you know, that that has happened in the last um, decade or so. And uh, if anybody has any information about not just these three, not just about Nevea uh, Kingbird or Jeremy Jardine or Damon Boyd, there is a, a number that you can call um, the Bemidji Police Department, and their phone number is 218 333 9111. And then you can also submit an anonymous uh, tip to Crime Stoppers. So if you just Google Crime Stoppers, you can put in information there. And I was uh, reminding uh, Robert and, and, and Haley about the fact that that um, reward program that we have that's nested in the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives Office should be up and available for uh, contributions uh, starting in January of 2024. So anybody, uh, individual, organizations, tribes, anybody can uh, contribute to that, to those dollars. And um, really hoping that we're going to be able to um, to make a difference in, in the families and the communities of these missing folks. Yeah. And I hate to bring this up again, but uh, I know we've talked about it and I've talked about it a lot that there's so many uh, nooks and crannies up there and uh, that people can do horrid things to other people. And uh, we, we get treated as if, uh, you know, that maybe we went out and got drunk and went on a bender and, you know, disappeared and moved to Canada and didn't want to talk to anybody. And I think mm -hmm. it's so uh, erroneous to, to think those things. You know, I, we, uh, I remember uh, 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 an action or at the Capitol that you spoke of, Mary, and I remember Heather Keeler saying that, uh, State Representative Heather Keeler saying that she's told her kids that by no means I will never disappear. I, if I if I disappear, it's not because I you know it was it was really I don't remember if you yeah. remember, but yeah, it's not because I walked away. It's not because I'm deserting you. Yeah, I would it's never leave somebody. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's things maybe that uh, our our relatives should say to their family because that's the first place where uh, like people come and it's like those stereotypes of a drunken Indian or a wanderer or a, right. a nomad and all these, all these uh, old prejudice that go eking in because over the years we've seen like one cute blue eyed uh, blonde haired girl, you have a month worth of uh, news every night wondering where she is. And we all know her boyfriend killed her. You know, it's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's, it's really heartbreaking, um, these stories that we hear. You know, that reminds me of another organization that was there to help uh, and support. There uh, is a couple, a, fan, a husband and wife, who lost their son. Um, his name was Jan John Francis. Um, they lost his, their son. He was hiking in the mountains um, of uh, Idaho. And uh, he went missing in the Sawtooth Mountains. And the sheriff, they did a search party. Um, but after two days, the sheriff said to the family, you know, you're just going to have to give your, your boy up to the mountains. And the family was like, no way. Wow. Um, and so they organized this foundation that helps to support. Um, they eventually did go back. Um, and, and find their son. Mm. But um, they now provide uh, support and resources to families, um, especially when, when, when their children go missing because they, they lived it themselves and they know just how painful that is. I met both of them. They're just lovely people. And, you know, this is, if it's one thing that that happened is that all these great community members are coming out and, and sharing their skills and their knowledge. Yeah. Um, 
so true. Uh, yeah, I just uh, go ahead, Haley. Yeah, I was just thinking too. Like, I'm talking, going back and talking about Nevea and and how she left her phone. Yeah, I mean that's that's really concerning, and it makes me think too. Well, was she was she taken by someone? Was she forced to leave her phone there? You know, because right. I think she's around my age, and I go everywhere with my phone, and I I yeah. have my my GPS on there. I share it with my relatives so they know where I am at at all times if I'm, you know, but. Yeah. It's scary. That's just just it. We don't know. We don't know all the facts. And it could be that she's sitting on the couch and it just slid out. And, you know, those were the things that, you know, all of those different circumstances have, you know, created the the, um, scenario that we're in right now. And sure hope that there is a break for the family very soon. It can be really emotionally um, tolling. Yeah, and I glad I'm glad you brought that up, Haley. Too not only uh, the phones, but there's somebody that knows what's going on, and maybe once the award uh, reward gets up a little higher, people will come forward because you know a lot of these murder cases, uh, people like to brag about it in prison and things like that. So somebody knows what's going on, and somebody knows what what's happened, and uh, uh, people that do heinous crimes like to brag about it too so let's just keep uh alert and and keep this in the forefront of news and um and, and like like you are mary and all the groups that helped yeah it was it was so well organized i was just so impressed um and they had dogs out there you know especially trained dogs uh folks just combing the woods combing the brush it was incredible yeah i don't know uh do you feel like segwaying now uh kind of for me i know we always joke around and we've had i i know during your show on friday we've had like uh, a few uh, a few reservation dogs uh actors i remember the the rapper twins were on <laughs> one friday that was so fun yes. those uh little mike and uh that was hilarious and fun. And well, the last show of Reservation Dogs happened uh, was dropped Tuesday. Did you happen to check it out? I did. I did. I did. I was so torn. Like, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I don't want it to be over. I'm gonna wait. And then it was like, no, I just got to see what it is. Yeah, it was. It was another really good one. Kind of leaves you want leaves you wanting a lot more, right? Yeah, and a lot of uh, loose ends were tied, but also could be expanded upon, whether it's, uh, you know, the college or bear or, you know, a lot of different Mm -hmm. things happen. So that's exciting. And I always like when, you know, Ricky Javaris is, I'm a big fan of, and, you know, he, he did the English version, the original version of The Office, and he only did that for three years. And they did uh, extras on HBO for three years, and he he only goes three years, so I kind of appreciate that. Um, Bobby Wilson's going to be in town Monday at uh, was it uh, uh, Metro State uh, doing a, a discussion from six to eight uh, about his art. So I, I texted him, and I want to tell you what <laughs> I texted him, and I want to tell you, Mary, what he said to me. It just the uh, the beginning of the texting was. Uh, so, uh, Bobby Wilson, uh, you know, I hadn't texted him before. I usually talked to him on Facebook and I said, Oh, who Bobby, it's Robert pilot. And then, you know, 10, 20 minutes later, I get a response going, Oh, who Robert, it's Bobby Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what started our conversation. So we'll have him on, nice. uh, in a week or so okay. talking about, maybe we can get something out of him about, you know, what's the future because, Bobby ended up being uh, one of the head writers and a producer of Reservation Dogs the last mm-hmm. couple of years. And we know he was on Rutherford Falls uh, and was a writer the first year and was an actor the first and second year of Rutherford Falls. So those guys are moving. And I think uh, uh, they have a movie coming out too, a basketball movie called Res Ball on, on uh, Netflix is coming up that uh, mm. that uh, Serling Harjo uh, uh produced or directed or wrote so there's some more involvement so that's coming up uh soon but we're always enamored with our native uh native actors and i really liked how uh 
how all these iconic actors were at the end too, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and that was, that was really fun and fun for me to see and, uh, bringing, uh, merging the past with the present, um, uh, with those, those guys at the end, but Hey, um, enough of me rambling. Let's get, uh, let's take a break here. We're here with state Senator Mary Kunish and we're talking about a lot of things here. And, um, uh, Wendy always reminds me, and she will remind me today, is let Mary talk about what she wants to talk about. So that's what we'll do next segment. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let, let howl. howl. I love my Toyota vehicles, so when I have to get service done, there's only one place I go. Rudy Luther Toyota. They know Toyota's inside and out. It starts with them checking your alignment and tire treads with their Hunter Quick Check Drive Inspection Service. Oil changes, tires, batteries, wipers, no matter what you need done, they can help you with reliable Toyota parts and the best service team in Minnesota. Check out their website, RudyLutherToyota.com, for service and parts specials just for Toyota vehicles. Get your Toyota serviced at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. It's the start of our favorite season in Minnesota, football season. That's right, with all the hype and action this season brings, we know things can get loud and messy quick. Before you invite your friends and family over to watch the big game, you better call My Cleaning Heroes at Zero Res to clean up all of those fumble moments in your home. Lucky for you, you can score big this month with great savings. Right now, you can get your entire home zero resified from Minnesota's ultimate carpet cleaner and get three rooms of carpet cleaned starting at just $149. It's also a perfect time of year to get your air ducts cleaned this month with $100 off your air duct cleaning. An air duct cleaning will help alleviate allergies and asthma. You will enjoy less dust, lower energy bills, and your home will stay cleaner longer. Schedule your appointment today at ZeroResMinnesota.com or by calling 952-ZeroRes and asking for the AM950 special. ZeroRes. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about the exterior construction company I trust, Snap Construction. If your home was hit with the most recent storms, trust the most well-reviewed exterior construction company, Snap Construction, for a free home inspection. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. There are a lot of great construction companies in town. My advice is to take your time and do your research. Make sure they are locally owned and that they guarantee their craftsmanship for life. Also, you want to find a company that's been in business for at least 10 years. You want to work with a company that's going to be there long after the work is done. Snap Construction has handled thousands of claims, and we'll help you through the process. Don't go with the out-of-town fly-by-night contractor. Most storm damage goes missed by the untrained eye. Trust Snap Construction for your free storm damage evaluation. For your free storm damage evaluation, call Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP or visit them online at snapconstruction.com. That's 612-333-SNAP or snapconstruction.com. Hi, I'm Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, shame-free dental office. If you're having a dental emergency, we'll try and get you in the same day you call because we don't like to see anyone in pain. And we'll help you get through every appointment in the most pain-free way possible. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Shamblot Family Dentistry in Hopkins and St. Paul. Find them online at shamblotfamilydentistry.com or call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH. With a look at your AM950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Showers and thunderstorms expected through the night with a low of 65, then partly sunny on Saturday with a high of 82. Vinaigrette can add the perfect complement to your next home-cooked meal. Taste test their wide selection of oils and vinegars, and they'll bottle it for you right on the spot. Vinaigrette is located at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis. Check them out at vinaigrettemn.com.
Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Okay, just Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Uh, I love that tagline. Hey, I'm here with State Senator Mary Kunish, and uh, we're here on Friday night or Friday day here, and we, we love to get together and talk about the week and what's happening. And there's some things happening right now as uh, State Senator, if you are watching us on Facebook or YouTube, uh, is wearing orange. Here I am wearing orange, orange for a very special reason, not just because we're almost in October, <laughs> but uh, tomorrow is the Remembrance Day. Um, it's the uh, honoring and, and remembering um, the students or the children from the boarding schools. Um, I don't know how many of you, I'm sure there's just hardly a Native person that doesn't have some kind of a family connection to boarding schools because they were around, you know, until very recently in the last couple of decades. Um, so tomorrow is uh, September 30th is the National Day of Remembrance for U.S. boarding schools and Canadian boarding schools. And um, it's also known as Orange Shirt Day. And it's to rem remember and uh, honor um, all of our ancestors, our relatives that either survived or, or died um, in the 367 boarding schools across the United States. And um, just like I said, I'm sure there's hardly a person that doesn't have a family member that experienced it. I know that my grandfather um, was born out in Fort Berthold and grew up on the Standing Rock uh, Reservation. And his brother was sent all the way from the Dakotas to Carlisle. Um, and he was there when Jim Thorpe was there. Wow. The woman, yeah. Or, and, uh, so my uncle is, uh, Kali Kelly and, um, he, uh, tried a number of times to, uh, to run away from there. And the one thing about Carlisle is they kept very good records and you can access those, those records publicly. And there's a, um, a little form that shows, all these, I think it's sort of like a, a behavior chart. Um, all these dates of, and it, behind it, it says uh, run away, run away, run away. And it really wasn't until the last time he ran away, fell off of a train, was jumping trains and had a leg cut off that they let him finally go home. Um, oh. But he, you know, you hate to say he was one of the lucky ones, but there were all those children that died for m under very many serious unfortunate circumstances whether disease abuse um you know both sexually emotionally physical abuse and this is this went on for generations and and nothing was ever done and finally um like with many of the issues that affect our american indian people um it's finally coming out into the public and people are horrified by it they're absolutely horrified by it so it's important that we remember those those people that survived and those that did not. Right, and uh, you know, I I don't know if Canada if, uh, celebrates. Uh, I shouldn't say celebrates, but recognizes this day too. But I still see, as of today, more children being found at these residential schools. Um, just today, I, yeah. I saw another amount of uh, students buried buried outside these schools. Mm -hmm. And I, I, again, I can't even imagine we're talking about Navea, um, King Bird's family and Jeremiah and, and the rest, their families, not knowing what, what happened to them. And there were plenty of children that left and never came home. And the, the families never knew what happened to them. Um, and maybe it was even too far to go to, to find out or, you know, just the the resilience of the families in those days of the parents um, has to be commended. But then we also know that that really 
contributed to the breakdown of our indigenous family and the culture. And it for a long time, it, it, it was kind of working for what it was designed to be, to remove the language, remove the religion, um, you know, kill the Indian, save the man kind of yeah. attitude. And so there were generations of parents that didn't know how to parent. They didn't know what it was like to, to you know, nurture a child or take care of a child because they themselves had been removed and didn't have the example or learn the lessons from, from their elders. Right. Um, and they were so emotionally scarred in their own ways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you hear stories about parents that were distant or, you know, after coming home from boarding schools or didn't oh, yeah. have the emotional capacity for, for their children and passing that kind of, um, you know, that kind of emotional, um, devoid from, from their own, they, they themselves. So, um, you know, we're, we're just finally starting to get back to where we recognize these issues and are able to speak them and say them and tell the truth and then hopefully start to provide resources so that our communities can finally heal, not to forget, but to heal and, and have those strong family units again. Yeah, it's a big difference between healing and uh, forgetting. And uh, I, I really feel like, too, there's a lot of, not our generation, Mary, so much, but uh, the young generations are really... Um, stepping in and acknowledging this, whether it's, you know, we talk about boarding schools too. We talk about how the language that was gone and missed, and now it's kind of coming back in a renaissance with the young ones and mm -hmm. uh, really excited about that because I feel like our generation and the generation before were really uh, trying to survive. And part of that was not speaking your own language because it was forbidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there are other aspects about um, how individuals or how communities dealt with those those pains. You know, alcoholism uh, was a direct issue uh, with our, our communities, not only because physiologically, you know, alcohol was so foreign, our bodies didn't know how to deal with it. And so we were very susceptible to the intoxication um, and the addiction but also the use of um, alcohol and other drugs as a form of self-medicating. Right. right now, our communities are so ravaged by this opioid and this fentanyl epidemic um, and the amount of suicides, I mean, not suicides, but overdoses right. is, is, is just awful, awful, awful. Um, and I told uh, I told somebody, you know, this new fentanyl and opioid um, situation is like the smallpox blankets that were given to our communities to wipe them out. Mm. Um, this is what fentanyl is doing. And even though, you know, like Minnesota actually funded money for schools to keep um, naloxone in the schools in case their students overdose. Now um, I'm I'm set to do legislation to make sure that school that libraries because there are a lot of homeless folks that come into libraries right. um, and hang out and there are, there are overdoses there. Can you imagine the emotional toll that that takes on on the staff, but also on the community when you hear so and so overdose? They cabins they gave them you know they're able to stop it, but not everybody gets that naloxone, you know, there's still plenty of, of deaths to this. So a lot of this comes from that generational trauma is what I'm trying to say. Right. And if we can just keep plugging away and keep putting those, wrapping our arms around the communities that need it most, um, I'm hoping that the day will come where where we won't be the highest number of incidences for for anything other than like high school graduation, reading scores, math scores, you know, those sort of things. Um, because it's just, it's really tough. So people are, you know, on the internet, checking their emails, maybe applying for jobs. So there's a lot of people that don't have the, don't have uh, this at home or a home go into the libraries. So that's a really, mm -hmm. really good point to bring up. 
Yeah, the li libraries are, you know, really and truly the backbone of the communities. It's 100% free. Yeah. Um, you can go in there and use internet um, and the resources that are there. There are people there that will help you access the resources that you need. Um, you know, in a lot of places, it's the one warm, safe place in the community that you can go hang out in if, if you're homeless. Exactly. But um, that's not what we designed them for, but that's what they've evolved into. And definitely homelessness is another one of those situations, those issues that we really need to to really address. Uh, so what's up next for you uh, this coming week? Uh, there's a celebration happening this weekend. I hear rumors and uh, I, I guess I'm still waiting, uh, waiting by my mailbox for the invite. But uh, <laughs> what, what else is going on in your life there? So we've got um, a wedding in the family this weekend. My um, eldest daughter, Eliane, is getting married to uh, her beloved Spencer. And uh, they have that sweet little girl, Sylvie, that sometimes pops up on the screen here. Um, and, but it's just a very small, very immediate family. Some of Spencer's family is coming as far as Australia. Wow. So let's, I see the sun is finally coming out. It looks beautiful out. Uh, let's hope we have a really great weekend for it. Right on. Hey, State Senator, thank you so much for stopping in. It's always our pleasure and our listening audience's pleasure to have you come in and, and talk about heavy, heavy issues. So, mm -hmm. but also in a positive way. So I appreciate you coming on. We'll see you next week and congratulations to your daughter and your whole family. Thank you so much, everybody. Wopilatanka. Right on. Hey, you're listening to Native Brits Radio Presents. I'm awake. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. ho -wa. JNS Bean Factory is a Native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, this is Todd from 30 Bales on Main Street in Hopkins. My co-founder Tom and I developed our restaurant to celebrate everything Midwestern cuisine has to offer. Our upbeat neighborhood gathering place brings together bright personalities, bold recipes, clean ingredients, and craft spirits that play with the unique flavors of the Midwest. The menu at 30 Bales is inspired by seasonal ingredients grown close to home. Find us across the street from the Hopkins Center for the Arts at 1106 Main Street with plenty of free parking. Go to 30bales.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, shame-free dental office. We know dental anxiety and dental phobia are real. We'll take the time to get to know you and give you what you need to be comfortable at all times. We offer free nitrous oxide laughing gas and have high-tech options to help you feel calm and relaxed during your appointments. We'll help you get through every appointment in the most pain-free way possible. If you're having a dental emergency, we'll try and get you in the same day you call because we don't like to see anyone in pain. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. This is Chad, owner of AM950. I've been going to Shamblot Family Dentistry for years. They get me in last minute when I'm in pain and make regular checkups easy and comfortable. Shamblot Family Dentistry in Hopkins and St. Paul. Find them online at shamblotfamilydentistry.com or call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? Hey, Gargi, welcome back. Hokshana P. Here is Wendy Pilot, humane policy advocate with an Encore Sacred Animals Fun Fact Friday. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanajihihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajingo, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level, and it's always my pleasure 
uh, to do that. Today is Friday, so we have always a fun fact Friday that I share. And today I have a really sweet story about Scout. Uh, Scout was living at the Antrim County Animal Shelter in Bel Air, Michigan, until he repeatedly escaped to a nearby nursing home. Residents there were such a fan that they ended up adopting Scout. So Scout's journey began when he was discovered by a uh, midnight nurse lying on the couch in the nursing home's lobby, the animal control center located across the highway from Meadow Brook was called to pick him up. However, within the same week, Scout was found on the same couch two more times. He had scaled fences at the animal shelter and navigated his way across the busy highway to enter the nursing home building uh, through automatic doors. Recognizing Scout's determination to be at Meadowbrook, the nursing home's administrator, who has a special place in her heart for animals, decided to adopt him. When Scout first arrived, he was timid. He also had BBs lodged in his face, which the vet discovered. Although the BBs don't seem to cause him any trouble, they are part of his mysterious traumatic past. One resident perfectly described the impact of having Scout in the nursing home, saying that it makes the facility seem more like a home rather than an institution. This is especially true for those who had dogs in the past. Scout is loving, social, and has strong intuition for when someone is sick or feeling down. He spends extra time with those individuals providing comfort and companionship. Um, And another story that I read about Scout, the administrators um, said that Scout will... um, you know, search out people who need him, who are depressed, who are sad. And she said that even um, there were some residents who actually were passing and he would go on the bed with them and stay with them until they passed. So he's a really special dog. Scout's backstory remains a mystery as the shelter had no information about him, no vet papers and no chip. There is some speculation that he may have once belonged to a resident at the nursing home, which could explain his determination to be there. Regardless of his past, Scout knows where his home is now and shows no desire to leave. Even when taken for walks in the hall, he remains off-leash and doesn't approach the automatic doors that he once used to enter the building. Scout's presence at Meadowbrook Nursing Home has brought joy and comfort to the residents and staff, providing that some, sometimes home is where the heart is or where the dog is. So it's a really cute story. There's even a couple of videos on it. You just have to Google uh, Scout, the dog who went to the nursing home, and all the articles uh, come up about Scout. And I just, I just really feel like... Um, animals have like a special instinct and they're guided by something we don't understand and they do things um, that we we just can't even imagine. My sister had a cat. She had two cats, uh, Bonnie and Clyde. I ended up having uh, Clyde uh, later on, but that's a whole nother story. But Bonnie um, the cat lived with my sister and her husband and my, and my little, um, baby niece, but, uh, she lived across the street and, and down a little ways, there was a hospital there and Bonnie would go walk down the street every day, get out of the house and go and walk into the hospital. And, um, the cat had a little tag on it with the name and, you know, phone number. And every day my sister would get a call. Your cat is walking through the emergency room. Your cat was found on the second floor of the, you know, whatever. And every day my sister would be like, oh my God, I can't keep the cat in. The cat wants to be in the emergency uh, room and in the hospital and walk around. And, you know, my sister's just like, I have no control. I can't control this cat. This cat escapes the house. I can't keep her in. And I don't know why she wants to be in the hospital, but she does. One day, um, 
you know, then they were starting to get mad at my sister. And then one day Bonnie just never came home and that was the end of Bonnie. But my sister just feels like one of the nurses or somebody there um, got the cat from like the parking lot or whatever and just, you know, took the cat home or whatever. So it didn't go or maybe brought it to the shelter. We don't know. We don't know the story behind Bonnie, but there was a, a pull. The cat was pulled um, to go to the hospital. So I, it's just weird how animals do that. There's another story you could look up. Um, this is a story about a dog in El Paso, Texas, who spent a really long time at the shelter. And finally, the dog was adopted. And after a couple of days at the new home, the dog escaped and uh, traveled 10 miles um, back to the shelter. And it took the dog three days to navigate and to get back to the shelter. And the dog was seen on um, the camera outside ringing the shelter uh, doorbell. And uh, they came out and they were like, oh, my God, this dog just, you know, um, was adopted. And now the dog's back at the shelter. The dog was at the shelter for so long and he just loved the staff there. And this is where the dog felt comfortable. So the dog didn't want to be adopted (laughs) and wanted to stay at the shelter. That's the first I've ever heard of. But, you know, I mean, the dog was comfortable there, had its place. The staff was nice to the dog and the dog just felt safe. So um, there's so many uh, stories out there about, you know, animals doing um, unusual things and we don't really understand why. And, um, you know, I mean, Wanda and the dogs that we've had in the past and even our cats um, that we've had in the past have always uh, shown us love and support and uh, we Robert and I always talk about Wanda being our funny dog and how she just does funny things and she follows us around and she sneaks down in the basement when she's not supposed to and um, you know they just really bring us a lot of joy Um, and it's always nice to have them around but yeah I'll look up a few more stories and share them with you It's always my pleasure to do that. So with that, back to you, Haley. Back to you, Robert. Everybody, it's Friday. Have a great weekend and take it easy. Hey, big Pina Gigi. Thank you to uh, Minnesota State Senator Mary Kunish and Wendy Pilot. Have a great weekend, everyone. You have been listening to Native Earth Radio Presents. I'm awake. The American dream is a reason. Is a dream for a reason. You have to be asleep to believe it. Wake up with us. We are still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier now.